by dreaming something, we alter it. We go into the realm of not yet, into the realm of possibility and potential. That's the dimension in which we have those dreaming experiences. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, a lifestyle podcast hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Tune in for a new episode every Tuesday to hear our honest conversations about topics like wellness, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and self-development with guests who are really smart, really inspirational, and really fucking funny. (laughs) It's real, it's raw, and it's unfiltered. Inspired by our transition from our 20s to our 30s, we realized it's so much more than that. Our mission is to provide you with the tools, guidance, and motivation to help you navigate any transitions in your life and propel your personal growth. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Good old Connie. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) We were just warming up. We were warming up. Caught us warming up. Connie Kaplan. Connie (laughs) Kaplan. Connie Kaplan cuts cucumbers. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> What's another C? She's going to be scarred. She's like, I'm never going on the I know. Podcast. We're so rude. <laughs> it's really important, guys, to warm up your voices before you go yeah. on air. Actually, I've been thinking about it lately. Is um, I'm really working on even deepening my voice even more. Mm. Letting my... I'm All really, of a sudden, you're going to show up. I'm going to be a dude. And just be and, a freaking frog. Yeah, with testosterone <laughs> supplement. So that's what I'm trying to... But I like really like the feeling of yeah. being in my belly and mm-hmm. having my voice... Yeah. You know that. Drop down, yeah. Drop down. You know that. You're in that a lot. And I've never experienced that until the past year. It's so interesting. I was actually out to dinner last night and the waitress was like, training or something. And I feel like women, especially if they feel like if one, they're nervous, maybe they're a little bit insecure or unsure. They pitch up here and I can, I'll get you whatever you need. Yeah, of course. Like it goes to this place that is so not them. And also quite literally puts a vibration out there that like makes everyone else around them, like their shoulders go to their ears and they're like, Oh God. Okay. You know, hundred. So I can imagine that in everyday conversation, that, you know, if your voice is pitched super high and it's out of your range, that you might be sending the wrong message 100%. to people. I'm literally raising the roof right now. With my hands, I'm raising the roof. I'm trying to not interrupt as much. That's my thing right now. I'm trying not to interrupt as much. No, you're doing good. But I'm excited. I'm trying to ra- I'm raising the roof. But exactly. And yeah. why do we do that? You know, when I was actually, when I was at a gym the other day, I was in San Francisco and I was went to this workout class that was the most hilarious workout class I've ever been to. But I like checked in and she was like, what's your name? And I was like, Krista Williams. And I was just like very deep in it. And I Mm -hmm. did feel like normally I'd be like, oh, it's Krista. You know, I would have gone up. And there is such a grounding and like confidence Mm -hmm. when you are in your voice all the time. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so true. And I've like, there have definitely been people that, because my voice has been like low for a while now. And people who haven't talked to me in a while and then they'll talk to me and they're like, whoa. Oh, cool. Like, what, like in in a way that's maybe not good or bad. They're just like, oh, like what, what happened to your voice? Wow. Like, you know? Yeah, I would wonder what our voices sounded like back in the day. Oh, man. Probably really like, eh. Just like a little higher, brighter. Yeah, know? brighter, really bright. But like if I'm talking, like I can imagine that when I was younger and like, talking to boys and it's just like I want to I want to appear as feminine as fucking possible. Yes. And now now it's Yeah, gone to like sh- that's <laughs> the thing is you're like I probably like faked a voice. Yeah, you know, course. was like hey Matt. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey Matt, how are you? And then like, you know, like I can I can actually I'm laughing cuz I can really picture it. Like 100%. I definitely did that too. And when really it's like I want to be like, (laughs) I can't stop laughing. Hey, Matt. (laughs) I don't want to be like that, but. And then his boner breaks and everything. He's like, (laughs) fuck. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, Cool. good episode. Good episode today, yeah. I mean. Dreams, man. I mean, we've wanted to talk about dreams forever. We actually brought her into. Yeah 
in into our life. I don't yeah. know how, but Erica. she came in. Erica, oh, always. Erica Kimmick, always. I've been having like very, we don't talk about this on the podcast, but I've been having very weird dreams. Oh. Like, like when I take melatonin, I dream about exes. Like one at a time. It's very oh. weird. It's, it's very weird. Have you been, I know that's why I actually, because of that reason, I don't fuck with melatonin anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't fuck with it at all. Yeah. I don't even, I mean, I guess when I travel, I will, but I just like, do it on planes, but yeah. Yeah. But it, it's the dreams. I don't want to have those dreams. You know, what's the funny, this is a really interesting thing is, so I'll have dreams and I'll like, you know, like if you were having a dream of your ex mm-hmm. and you wake up, so then what do you do? Yeah, what do you do? So I wake up, exactly. So I have the same where it's not of exes. I don't really dream of exes at all. I dream of, I don't know what it's been lately. I don't know. But I'm like, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, let's replace that with something amazing, a happy thought or a dream. And my mind goes blank. I don't have, I don't have a, a dream. I have a dream and this is my dream and I'm living my dream and it has highs and lows, whatever. But like, I don't have a like- I know what you mean. Like a panacea where I'm Mm -hmm. like in a castle and I'm getting my feet rubbed. Yes. Yeah. It's very weird. Like, I'm like, okay, think about the happiest thing ever so I can dream about that. And I don't have anything. Mm -hmm. Not weird. It's because when you're awake, that's your dream. Yeah. Today's a really interesting conversation. Yeah. Connie, it's really interesting. We talked about like- people around the world dreaming about the same things. Yes. The, I think about that actually a good amount now. And so she shares some really interesting stories about how a lot of people around the world were dreaming about the same what thing. would happen on September 11th, like all these things. So she's all about dream circles and how we can heal through our dreams. And it was, it was out there and so fun to talk about. Yeah. And about the um, collective consciousness thing. I think about that too, actually, when I'm like in rooms now, I'll have like a thought about something and I'm like, oh, is this my thought or is this someone else's in the room? Mm-hmm. You know, which is like interesting. But yeah, Connie's an author. She's a dream expert. She has dream circles, like Lindsay says, and she encourages people to have dream circles where you would get together a group of women and you would share what your dreams are to kind of analyze like what's going on in the collective conscience. Is there a theme? So really it seems like the missing link with dreams is our society's, I don't think it's like an inability, but our lack of talking about dreams with one another. Yeah, I think we kind of pass them off as being silly or being crazy or being dumb, but you know, dreams have meaning and they have this purpose. And it's really like the other half of our life spent in this unconscious state. There's so much to be learned and there's so much that's happening that you could really like take control of it and use it as a method to transform. Yeah, yeah. So our conversation with Connie goes there and we definitely recommend taking out a notebook. It's kind of one of of these episodes where um, she also brings us through um, tracking your dreams and according to the lunar cycle, which is really interesting. So just things that you could do on your own, you know, like, you know, you don't have to tell anyone about it, but it's kind of nice to see if you're dreaming about certain things during certain parts of the lunar cycle. Mm -hmm. All right, guys, we're going to hop into this episode. Um, Thanks so much for listening as always. Thanks so much for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. If you love this episode or any others, share with your friends, share on social media, tag us. We always respond and see these and they absolutely make our day. See you on tour. And we'll see you on tour. We'll we'll explain more in the outro. Uh, We'll talk about it more, but we will see you on the road. Hi, Connie. Hi. Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast. We're so excited to have you. I heard about you um, from one of my friends, Erica, who connected us and Erica is very in the space. She's very in health and wellness. She's very into spirituality and all of the things. And that's saying a lot for living in LA. And she said that your work is some of the most profound work she's ever read. Wow, yeah. that's that's great to it's, hear. It's, it's huge. And she was so excited that you were coming on today. And I am too. Um, Lindsay and I kind of put the um, call out for you know an expert in dreams. Mm-hmm. Um, that we wanted to explore the space. You know, it's something that I don't know much about that I'd love to know more about that I think we all as humans experience in some capacity. So it's kind of a connective tissue for, you know, a lot of different people. Um, So it's amazing that, you know, you've done this work and that you're able to share and talk about it. Um, I just got your book and I just started it last night. It is 
I'm so excited to dive in. I cannot wait. Um, but at the beginning, it kind of talks about, you know, you growing up and kind of your experiences that led you to the place where you wanted to really know dreams and really know dreaming. Um, so I'd love for you to talk about that. You know, why dreams? Why, why are you um, so passionate about this where you are an expert? Oh, well, you know, I always had important dreams mm-hmm. when I was younger. I, um, I had a dream once that literally, I mean, I won't go into the whole dream, but he literally told me to break up with a guy. Mm. And I was like engaged to him. And I thought, hmm, really? And then the next time I saw him, he hit me. <gasps> so I went, oh, <laughs> we're breaking oh. up now. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just so amazing how much we know that we don't know that we know. But mm. here's what really happened. I I came to Los Angeles to work in the television business. And uh, so I did for about 15 years. And uh, I was working on a series. And one day I woke up sick, but I went to work anyway, like you do, because God forbid you should, anybody should find out they can do the show without you, right? Mm-hmm. So I was at work and by noon, I was just a mess. And so um, the producer sent me home. They wouldn't even let me drive home. They, they sent me home. And I thought, okay, I have the flu and somebody can fill in for me for a week. And I started this downward spiral that was just, I mean, I lost my mind. And by that, I mean, the the sicker I got, the fewer synapses worked. You know, I couldn't remember what you were supposed to do to get a phone to stop ringing, you know, or I knew that a doorbell meant something, but I couldn't remember what, you know, and I, it was, and I was, what, I was 38 years old or something. It was not Alzheimer's. So long story short, we did hundreds of tests and found nothing. And my doctor, you know, finally said, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I have about 45 things that are not wrong with you. (laughs) And so apparently Mm. this isn't going to kill you. So just sleep. And that was the biggest uh, symptom was that I couldn't stay awake. So I slept and slept and slept and slept. I, for two years, I slept about 15 to 18 hours a day. Wow. And fortunately, wow. I had the most amazing husband in the universe mm. who just one day he said to me, you know, it's fine. If all we get to do is have dinner every day for the rest of our lives, that's, that's fine. Wow. Just take a nap. So uh, I slept. I did to the best of my ability write down my dreams because I had always been a dreamer. I had been in Jungian analysis for a few months, um, several years earlier. So I was in the habit of keeping a dream journal. And so I I wrote down my dreams. Mm. A couple of years later, when I was finally able to stay awake for, you know, 10 hours a day, I... (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Party. Yeah, look what I can do today. (laughs) I did go back and start reading these dreams and I saw that I was having recurring dreams during that time. Mm. I didn't realize it even at the time. I didn't, as I was writing down a dream, I didn't say, gee, I think I had this dream before, you know, and even look back in my journal. It wasn't until I was out of the woods that I started reading these dreams. So for example, one dream uh, I had was that this woman, and she looked kind of like a Native American elder. You know, she was kind of square and she had on a lot of velvet and turquoise, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, she would gather up a group of us and she would take us into a cave and there would be drawings on the walls of the cave. And she would have us duplicate those drawings either on paper or on the sand or sometimes on our skin. And if we duplicated them to her satisfaction, we got to take a nap in the dream. And so whenever I was getting to take my nap, she would wrap me in a blanket or a buffalo robe or something, and I would get all warm and comfortable. And she would point out the mouth of the cave to the moon, and there was always a full moon out the mouth of the cave. So now... I'm re- reading these dreams and I keep seeing this dream coming up wow. in very mm-hmm. in various variations, mm-hmm. not always exactly the same, but there was always the, the woman, there was always the duplicating of the images and there was always the full moon. And I thought, maybe she's telling me something about full moon and dreaming. 
So I got a lunar calendar and she that dream came on the full moon every month for 13 straight months Whoa. while I was sick. So I went, mm, okay. <laughs> there was wow. another teacher. It was a, He was a man. He was a real kind of sinewy kind of guy. And he was teaching me in, it, your dream. in these dreams mm. to chase rabbits in the desert. You know, a, a useful trait. <laughs> and, but how he would do it is he would, it, at night, by the way, Rab- chasing rabbits at night in the desert. And he would have me throw my, um, you know, my, my focus, throw my eyes out of focus and chase the light that the rabbit creates rather than the rabbit itself. So I saw that that dream was recurring and it also recurred for 13 straight months in, um, on the dark moon. So I get it, you know, I'm like mm. not dumb. So I started asking all of my friends to track their dreams according to the moon, the influence that the moon was having mm. on their dreams on any given night. So it was, it was a very interesting thing. We found out that um, everybody has a, a dreaming pattern. Not everybody's pattern is the same. So I can't say to you, on the full moon, you will have a dream about, mm. you know, or you'll have a certain kind of dream. But what we learned was those 13 months correspond to there are 13 different types of dreams and there are 13 lunar uh, months in a solar year. And the reason we call ourselves turtle dreamers is because there are 13 divisions on the back of a turtle. And the turtles, you know, like the lines that connect mm. those 13 divisions looks to us like a weave. So we, the dream weave is divided into these 13 types. If you track your dreams according to the moon and its influence, you will start seeing, I have these certain types of dreams on, you know, this certain type of day of the month. Were you sick for 13 months? I was sick for two years. Two years. And they still don't know what it was. Oh, yeah. Okay. Many years later, I mean, it was a good 10 years later, I finally got a really super expert neurologist to read an MRI. And he said it was a uh, viral infection on the brain, mm. similar to like having shingles, but on the brain. And, and you healed by sleeping? That yeah. was the only thing that they didn't yeah. give you anything? Yeah. I often say I dreamed myself awake. <laughs> Wow. Not only did I heal by sleeping, you found your but calling. I found my calling. Mm. Mm. Wow. If that's not like, that's amazing. It's almost like something came down and gave you that. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. a download. It was a download. Did your the dreams in- intensify when you, were, when you were sick or had they mm-hmm. always been that Well, they clear? had always been pretty, pretty clear, but I never had the tools to interpret them uh, well prior to that. You know, because- in ordinary Western mind ways of interpreting dreams, mm-hmm. you go to a therapist mm-hmm. and you tell them the dream and they tell you what it means. Mm-hmm. Or they have you, t- you know, and you, you take image by image and what does that image mean and what does that image mean yeah. and what does that image mean? So what we learned by working together with this particular system is that when you go to sleep, your body biologically begins to regenerate. And your consciousness leaves. You know, like when you start losing consciousness of the bed and the room and, the, yeah. and yourself even, your consciousness mm. heads back to the soul to regenerate. And on that journey, you encounter certain energetic uh, experiences with other, other dimensions of consciousness. Mm. So that experience is actually the dream but in order to remember the experience, you write a little story. But it's your, it's your personal brain that writes the story. So you're pulling from your personal lexicon of symbols and images and experiences to, to write this story. But it is a metaphor for something much more uh, spiritual and sacred and holy that happened mm-hmm. to you. So you write the story, you remember the story, and you present the story. But by now you're like, five generations removed from the actual experience. So when we meet in dream circle, 
we're not listening for what does this image mean and what does that story mean? We're listening for what did this dreamer encounter in consciousness that inspired her to write this story? So we're listening for the not said, you know, for the what is beyond what we're presenting. So we're looking at the dreams as information from higher levels of consciousness rather than information about the dreamer and her, you know, life or her psychology or her neuroses. So it's like, so information from higher levels of consciousness that is brought down to you when you're sleeping and then you use the tools and the symbols and the language that you currently have to try and create a story where you can pick up on that, on what the message is. Is that Mm -hmm. what it is? Right. So you can sort of try to embody that higher level of consciousness that, that came through. So the other thing that we learned is that, I've got so many things going on in my head right now that I want to make sure to tell you, but the other thing that we learned is that there are a lot of dreams that are um, collective. You know, like everybody has that dream about, Mm -hmm. oh shit, I forgot to go to (laughs) PE and so now I'm not going to graduate or, you know, I forgot to study for the test or- Not having a voice. Right, mm-hmm. or I, you know, I left the baby in the closet or, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all of those teeth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But one year, this was the summer of, of 2001, and we'd been meeting in, in Dream Circle for almost 10 years by then, so we were really used to each other. And I had, op- I had opened a, a site called turtledreamers.com that people from all over the world, really, were writing in their dreams for, you know, interpretation or whatever. And so we started having this series of dreams and it seemed like everybody was having them where we were calling 911 but couldn't get help, you know, like the person that answered didn't speak the language or they put us on hold and we were listening to Muzak or really? or we just kept getting hmm. you know, disconnected or couldn't hear each other or whatever. And it was just this really frustrating time of trying to call for help, couldn't get help. And we started, okay, maybe that means that we're not supposed to call for help anymore. We're supposed to be our own source Mm -hmm. of solving the problems. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we were making up all kinds of things about what those calls were. Well, then came Mm 9-11 of that year in September. So we'd had those dreams all summer. It was in the it in the was collective in the consciousness. Yeah. Wow. I mean, even even Osama bin Laden later in an interview, we heard him say one of the things that really concerned him was that people were starting to see buildings, uh, planes driving into buildings before the thing actually happened. You know, and there in was their a, dreams. Yeah, in their dreams. Wow. Yeah. There was reportedly like a memo on the president's de- desk. This is, you know, Osama mm-hmm. bin Laden is going to attack America. You know, it was out there to be mm. perceived. Huh. We didn't know what we were perceiving and there wasn't much we could have done about it anyway. I wasn't going to call the FBI and say, hi, been <laughs> my name's Connie and I'm having these dreams. Surprised mm. you answered. Because <laughs> 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 you haven't been answering. <laughs> well, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Like knowledge of that collect uh, once you, once it becomes, or does it not become clear until it's reality? Like, what do you do with that information? First of all, the, the most important part of doing something with that information is understanding how uh, much more consciousness you have than you mm. thought you did. You know, it's just a, first of all, it's just a consciousness expanding experience together. Sometimes, for example, people who know me well and who've been working with me in Dream Circle for a long time will have a dream and they share it in Dream Circle. And I know that it's about me. You know, I know that they have tuned into something about me that I need to know or something in my hmm. reality that I need to know. So just sharing the dreams with each other is more important than you think. Wow. And it's also about realizing that observer effect, you know, realizing that because you saw it, you altered it in some way. You know, you don't know how, but altered it in some way. I'll give you an example. There was another period of time a few years after that when a lot of us were having dreams about being raped and beaten, although none of us had been raped or had had, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of 
violent experience in our lives. So at some point, somebody just randomly said, you know, when we're asleep, the women in Afghanistan are awake. And we kind of went, oh, you know, you can tune in to those kind of experiences and in some way change it. If I took a beating for some woman in Afghanistan, you know, if I changed her reality in some way by having that horrible dream, then great. Will I ever know whether that's true or not? No. But there, I, I do know that by dreaming something, we alter it. We go into the realm of not yet, into the realm of possibility and potential. That's where those, that's the dimension in which we have those dreaming experiences. Somehow we alter the manifestation of them. It's a matter of trusting. And then you, you get a lot of feedback. I mean, you really do get a lot of feedback. You've had a telepathic dream and you see it happen the next day or a clairvoyant dream. You dream about somebody and you get up and there's an email from them. You know, you, you do get a lot of positive feedback, but it's just feedback that you are, you live in a broader range of consciousness than you think you do. It's almost like the dreams are the ability for the collective to communicate. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like taking away consciousness and then allowing the subconscious mind communicate with the collective energies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is crazy. <laughs> you know, and it's just crazy to think about like, you know, the knowledge that you've acquired and the progress that you've made having the circles and having sh- having the ability to share your dreams and pick up on trends and patterns. It's like no one really shares their dreams with anyone else. You know, I don't, you do if they're weird. You're like, oh, this was crazy. You know, I was hanging out with the rock and you went to Jamba Juice. You know, it's kind of how crazy it is is how much you say it, but you don't really share your dreams most often. It's so crazy. Well, we live in a culture that doesn't endorse that. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're literally considered crazy Yeah. if you have too many clairvoyant or telepathic dreams, right? But, you know, the subtitle of my book is Dreaming as a Spiritual Practice. Yeah. If you work together with dreaming sisters. I work mostly with women, so I mm-hmm. usually put it in the feminine. Uh, it becomes such a sacred practice that you you start, you know, I, I said earlier, when I'm listening to a dream, I'm listening for what did she experience that made her write that story. So now my entire life is when I'm listening to somebody tell me stories about themselves, even if it's not a dream. They're, mm-hmm. how, we t- how we talk about ourselves is usually in stories and we're telling mm-hmm. each other stories about ourselves. I'm always listening for what's not being said. You know, what's, what's going on behind this person? What's the, um, what's the spiritual energy behind this person's desire to share this part of herself with me? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's not like I can't have fun, but... <laughs> Same. In what ways are you are we able to make it more of a practice? Like sometimes I feel like um, I'm like disconnected from my dreams. I'm getting a little bit. I think the more that my spiritual practice strengthens, like in like right now um, in reality, then my dreams become clear and I'm able to remember them more. But how do you explain one people who forget their dreams the moment they want to talk about them or when they wake up? And then how to kind of get closer, not having it be such a separate reality. Right. Failing to remember dreams can be, it's, it's either a habit, you know, you just not, you just get up and hit the ground running and you don't take the time to bring that story back in and you don't take the time to write it down or record it. So it, it can be a habit. Mm-hmm. It can be a vitamin B6 deficiency. That's the the vitamin that helps us hmm. apparently remember our dreams. Okay. So if you want to stop, start popping a B6 before you go to bed, uh, that's useful. And then also in the back of the book, uh, The Woman's Book of Dreams, I think I have a recipe. Or like a nighttime latte? <laughs> it's not a latte. It's a pillow. It's a little teeny tiny pillow. Yeah, here it is. Oh, cool. You put it underneath your pillow? Yeah, it's called Heather's Dream Pillow. Oh. And it's... It's just some herbs, 
and they smell really mm. divine. And if you make just a little teeny tiny pillow, it doesn't have to be, you know, mm-hmm. and just maybe safety pin it to your pillow. Oh, cool. You will be smelling those herbs while you're having this dream, unconsciously smelling them. And so if you are having trouble remembering the dream, sometimes you pick up smell that pillow it. and take the smell and the dream. Oh, Dang, that. this is like the from Harry Potter. Back. Yeah. <laughs> There's mandrake in there. <laughs> right. This is crazy. <laughs> What a good idea. Wow, next level. Like that there's catnip in there. <laughs> Everyone yeah. loves a little catnip. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. I, yeah, because I, I sometimes because the dreams are either really crazy or they're scary, I'm like, oh, that's not me. That must be just kind of something. Well, that's possible. We do dream each other's dreams. I mean, oh, you do So dream. talk to us about that. Yeah. yeah. How do you discern? Is that mine? I, I, I don't know. Mm. I'll tell you, this week I had a dream. I decided to um, podcast with two gorgeous, amazing women. (laughs) 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 Now, I decided to have my hair done. So I went to a a hair salon and the hair guy said, why don't we just do everything? Let's do, let's change the cut. Let's change the color. And I said, fine. And so he did. Mm -hmm. And all of this time I had my back to the mirror and I was aware of, you know, like, putting tinfoil in my hair and wash my hair and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But I had my back to the mirror and then finally he said, okay, done, voila. And he turns me around and I look at this hair that is just awful. Mm. It's it's like dark with red highlights, curly, totally un-me hair. And then I look at my face and it's not my face. And I'm like, this is not my dream. I became lucid as soon as I could see in the mirror that it wasn't my face. Oh. It's like, I don't know whose dream I'm having. I don't know what it means to have a bad haircut, but this is not my dream. And I woke up from it. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Oh, that's freaking crazy. But when you start sharing dreams with people mm-hmm. in, in a ceremonial mm. kind of way, you will find that you often dream little pieces of other people's realities. Mm things that are completely non-local to you that you couldn't have known. It's just, we do that. We just, that happens. Mm. I wonder if it's like, you know, when with people like you energetically cut cords or you have like cords to people. Have you heard of that mm-hmm. kind of concept? So, you know, the closer you are, the like more thick, I guess the cord would be to someone. And if you energetically cut the cord, you're like free from them. So I wonder if it's like more likely you would have someone that you had a cord with, you know, you would have their dream or like the energetic imprinting of, of, them on you and you would dream something about that. I think that's certainly possible. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I find that true in my dream circle, but I didn't know that woman in the mirror the other yeah. day. I don't know who that was, so but crazy. you know, we have, we had spiritual cords with people that yeah. we may not know about. Yeah. Yeah. Have, you know, oh, soul, yeah. soul siblings, yeah. you know, that we don't even know those people. We've never met them and we're not going to know until we die and bump into them again. Mm. Oh, well, you know, sometimes you have dreams and you don't know anybody in the dream. Yeah. Those could be soul siblings. Whoa. Those could be people that come from the same place in the soul Whoa. that um, that you do. So can you like discern between a dream that is talking about something that is presently going on or like a dream that almost predicts what is coming? The way you do that is that you start tracking your dreams according to the lunar influences. Mm. And then you have to look backwards. You have to do a lot of homework. But yes, you can. You can eventually. There are uh, telepathic dreams and clairvoyant dreams and prophetic dreams that you can figure out when you're having them. And that's very useful, you know, because when I wake up with a dream and I don't quite understand it, but I can tell because of what the moon was doing that night, uh, that that's the night that I usually have telepathic dreams, Mm. then I'm not inclined to interpret it as something about me, you know, that it's something I picked up. Right. Wow. So, so there are, there are, as I said, there are 13 different types of dreams. Yeah, what are those? Pop oh. quiz, Connie. Yeah. <laughs> see how much you know. So we've got, we've got mundane dreams. Those mm. are the dreams when you just, um, Brain's uh, just bored. you're just too, you're just too tired. Mm. You know, you're just redoing the day, mm, you yeah. know. Uh, you do have personal psychological dreams, and you have lucid dreams. When those are dreams when you wake up in the dream and realize that you're dreaming. And uh, by the way, a lot of people 
who work with dreams consider those to be very high frequency dreams. Um, I, I don't, but maybe that's just because they're so normal for me. Mm. There are then the telepathic, clairvoyant, and prophetic dreams where you're dreaming the future. There are dreams when you're actually healing people or being healed, teaching people or being taught. There are oracular dreams where you just, do you ever just wake up hearing a voice? Yes. Like somebody even calls your name and Mm -hmm. wakes you up and there's nobody there. Mm -hmm. Those dreams are usually uh, some kind of really high frequency message from, from beyond. There are soul dreams. Okay. Those are dreams where you just go so so far into um, deep sleep, mm. dreamless sleep that you've you've actually made it all the way home. You know, you've mm. you've made it all the way back to the soul. You've plugged in. You've gotten recharged, and there's no story to remember. Oh, there are ceremonial dreams huh. where you attend a ceremony in a dream, mm. and you actually ceremonial dreams are dreams where you. Uh, where you're preparing for some sort of transformation, Mm. some sort of change that's coming, either in your life or in the world. And there are also phenomenal dreams. Phenomenal dreams are pretty rare, but they're dreams where something actually changes in waking reality while you're having the dream. Oh. Wow. I have this silly story of having uh, lost my keys at one point. It was so bizarre. I was pretty sure the aliens had taken my keys. I believe it. I mean, it was like I lost my keys in a McDonald's in, I don't know, Flagstaff, Arizona or somewhere. I mean, it was like beyond, it was so weird that I lost these keys and I had to have another key made and whatever. And about three weeks later, I had a dream in which I saw my keys floating through, floating by. I grabbed for my keys in the dream I grabbed for them. In waking reality, I jerked myself awake, and my keys were on my bedside table. <gasps> no, they were not. They were. Connie. Uh-huh. <laughs> really? And they uh, weren't there before? No. 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 <laughs> I don't know. Connie. I don't know. Aliens. Man. How those, how those things happen. But another time, I was, in, <laughs> I was on a, sleeping in a tent in... Uh, Montana trying to be spiritual in the <laughs> whatever. And I was I dreamed that there was a bear outside my tent trying to get in. And I was like screaming for somebody else to come help me in my dream, screaming and oh my God, you know. I finally jerked myself awake again. And the next morning, when I walked, got out of my tent, there were bear bear prints around my tent. But they didn't. I didn't see bear prints coming and going. There were just there were only bear prints walking right around my tent. Wow. Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> but you have those dreams sometimes. So, yeah. what about scary dreams? Most of my dreams oh. are very scary and very emotional. Well, I have had people come to me yeah. and say, "You got to help me uh, stop dreaming," and <laughs> I say, "Yeah, no, you're in the wrong room." Yeah. A lot of times, it depends on what about it is scary, mm-hmm. but a lot of times, uh, if you can learn to stop the dream mm-hmm. and turn around while you're still asleep, turn around and look mm-hmm. at what it is that's chasing you mm-hmm. or what it is that you're scared of, mm-hmm. it's usually you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your own potential that's after you. It's your own destiny, and you you like think that's scary, but it's actually not, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Mine are mainly like demons and ghosts. Why what? Or like mine are mainly demons and ghosts yeah. in haunted houses. Yeah. Well, turn around and ask them what they want. Oh. Good one. And they're, and they're going to say, <laughs> they're going to say, we want some Cheez-Its. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, they're going to say, it's, they're going to dissolve or they're mm. going to, they're just, they're going to express something that that uh, is coming up for you. Mm. What about intense emotional feelings? Do you like feel like sometimes I mm. literally feel so intensely me too heartbroken or sad yeah. or something yeah. in my dreams that I'm like I wake up and I'm like oh my god it hurts. It's hurt. Yeah. This takes me to another thing I'm I wanted to talk to you about yeah. so I'm glad you brought that up. When you are still menstruating, 
you will have certain kinds of dreams at certain times of the month. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized this at one point when I was having a series of very violent dreams. And, you know, I was saying to myself, this is not, this is not working according to my philosophy here because I don't have violence in my history to pull from. So why am I, what is this story that I'm writing? What are these mm. violent stories that I'm writing? And so I started tracking my dreams, uh, and there's a thing in the book here about doing that, tracking your dreams according to uh, where they come in your cycle, your monthly cycle. Mm. We're well, all about I can't cycle syncing. Yeah, dang, that's crazy. <laughs> can't cycle find it right now, but, dreams. But what I realized when I started looking at those dreams based on where they were in my cycle is that they always came on um, nights when I was ovulating. Mm. So... It made sense then. It's like when your ovaries are blasting open, you know, when there's like all of this explosion going on all around your dreaming organ, uh, it might feel like violence. And there's also pain sometimes, physical pain sometimes involved. So that's a story that you're writing about something that's going on in your inner Mm. universe. So I would say look at those highly emotional dreams according to, you know, for me, the highly emotional dreams were usually around when I was bleeding. Mm. And that's often because on, a, on an ancient level, when you are bleeding, it means that there's not a baby. And so most of us go, yay, there's not a baby. But <laughs> in ancient times, that might have been sad. And on your physical mm. level, that's sad. Mm. There was potential for life. It's not there. Mm. So that's what I recommend. It's like taking a look at those highly emotional dreams in relationship to where you are in your cycle. Is there anything you can do? Like, I don't know, like, should you prevent them or how could you? I think understanding them changes them. Mm. I think that, I think the reason they keep coming back is because they want to be heard and understood and integrated and incorporated into your consciousness. I usually have dreams of like intense loss, Mm. like someone who's still here, but they've died Mm. like out of the blue or early. And I like, just feel like I'm almost like the whole dream. I'm like reaching for them to come back. And that feels like almost like a dream that would be for someone else. Maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe they're dealing with some intense feelings of, I don't know, depression, Mm -hmm. loss, loneliness, whatever it is, almost like I'm losing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could it could be. A lot of times, dreams about death are also um, death asking us to understand it differently. Mm. You know, because we we consider death to be a deep loss, but it's actually probably for the dire <laughs> a nice yeah. transformation, sure, you know, into a into a bigger space. And I know that, uh, for example, after my dad died. I had such a strong sense of being able to be in more direct contact with mm-hmm. him. I didn't have to try and go through my mother anymore. I didn't have to wait until he was available for a phone call. You know, it's, it, I felt much more in direct contact with him for the first few years after he died. What do you like visit you in your dreams all the time? Not all the time, but often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have conversations? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. A lot of times also when you dream about people who have passed away, they return to the best of themselves. Yeah. You know, they return to a younger, more fit, more active period of their life. So you're not working through their disease or their, you know, uh, whatever it was that was that was killing them because they're alive in a different way now. Mm. What about, um, what tools can people use to interpret their dreams? Well, I put out some rules here in the Women's Book of Dreams. I think it's important to realize that you can't really interpret your own dreams very well because you can't see them or hear them very well. So that's why I really advocate for dream circle organizations, you know, to to come together once a week, once a month, whatever, whatever works, 
and share the dreams according to a very specific ceremony that I've outlined here in the book where you, you know, you listen for the dreams in, in a different way and you speak about the dreams in a different way because the term dream interpretation has a psychological uh, overtone to it that um, this body of work doesn't really endorse. This is, a, this is like a spiritual, energetic messaging, you know, looking at the dream, not as your dream or your dream. If we were to have a dream circle here, I wouldn't be saying your dream does this and your dream does this and and my dream means this. We would be listening to the dreams as the dream, you know, as a message from the dream weave that wants to be heard by us right now at this time. So it's more like if you share a dream with me, what I'm going to say is Dreamweave seems to be saying to me that we need to be paying attention to da-da-da-da-da-da, not what this means for you and what this means about you. Hmm. And if you don't remember your dreams in the morning, what do you, are you still having them? Yes. And they're just, what do you think is happening? Well, I, you're still, you still sleep. Yeah. And you still have your consciousness has still yeah. gone where it where it went. Mm. You're just not as in touch with what you needed to bring back, maybe, or mm. what the dream wanted wanted you to hear. But I'm sure it's downloaded in some way um, for everybody. Mm. Is there a connection between uh, your astrological chart and dreaming? Like, is there a way? Are are we? processing dreams differently depending on on that? Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when you were born, uh, when you took that first breath, all of the planets were in a certain position, you know, in the sky. And the most important one for you as a dreamer is where the moon was. So the moon was in a certain phase and it was in a certain sign and a certain degree of that sign at the moment of your first breath. So every month, the moon goes through that phase again, and it goes through that sign and degree again. And once a year, usually within a couple weeks of your birthday, it goes through that exact same sign and degree and phase all at once. So every month, you have at least two what I call moon power days, uh, power dream days, when the moon is in the same sign it was in when you were born and when the moon is in the same uh, phase that it was in when you were born. And then once a year, you have what I call a big power day dream when, you know, that that thing connects. Mm. So that's a really, really great way to help you learn how to track your dreaming, uh, learn how to understand your own dreaming patterns is what, if, if, if you go a year or two and you write down the dreams that you have on all of your power days uh, for a year or two, and then you look back at them, you will see that they are very similar. Mm. So the other thing is, let's say you track all your dreams when it's full, when the moon is full, and you track all the dreams when the moon is new or dark. So you're going to see that under a full moon in Libra, over a couple of years' time, you may have very different kinds of dreams than you would under Sagittarius. Mm. So, Or you may find that when the moon is full in all of the air signs, the air sign dreams are different than the uh, sun, I mean the fire signs. So, yeah, it requires a little bit of research and learning and sharing with each other what you know. You may also find that when the moon is conjunct one of the planets, that the moon is conjunct or opposite or in some way aspecting Mercury, you know, you might find that you have a certain kind of dream on those nights. So it's, it's interesting to be aware of your natal chart mm. and what your dreaming patterns are because it does, yes, they do coincide. They do have a lot of cohesion there. Do, that's a good question. Do you find that um, then certain signs, so if your moon sign is um, moon and Leo or something, do you find that they have certain types of dreams? You know, like is there a collective of, a portion of a horoscope has a dream they dream kind of the same dream? I haven't found, for example, that when the moon is in Leo, 
a lot of dreamers have the same kind of dream. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. But I have found that when the moon, if your natal moon is in Leo and my natal moon is in uh, Scorpio, uh, you and I may have similar dreams on those nights, okay. on those power nights. Uh-huh. Because you're both? We're both in, a, in an alignment with our natal moon okay, that okay. brings in, that, you know, that opens yeah. certain dreaming portals for us. What do you think dreaming has to do with chakras? Do you think there's any correlation or connection? I was given during this download mm-hmm. a very different chakra system. Oh. So I don't work with the up the spine really? seven chakra system, but yes, I do work with a specific chakra system. So this was a download that you had? Yeah. Oh, wow. So what's the chakra system that you work with? There are 30 chakras okay. in this system, and they spiral around your body. They don't, mm. it's not in a line and you're not trying to raise your consciousness. Any one of the chakras when it opens is a, is a consciousness raising experience. But that's, that's a whole other incredibly that's long teaching two. that, yeah, that's part two. <laughs> <laughs> I already have part two. I want to do invisible garment. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's part, part of the of invisible okay. garment. Okay. Okay. I love that. Yeah. You said that like your dreams are, uh, so much a part of your subconscious. So if you do some subconscious work, like to try and maybe relearn or reparent or whatever it is, do you think, have, do dreams change? Like, do you, have you seen patterns and dreams change? And is it a, is it a message to do some subconscious work? I think that sometimes it is. If you're working with a therapist or if you're working with mm. it, especially with, if you're working with a Jungian analyst, analyst, the dream stories that you write are going to tend to reflect, you know, what you might be working on and what you might need to work on. So, you know, okay. yes. Also, part three. <laughs> Bring is, it on. Is, yeah. <laughs> got your calendar booked. <laughs> it's a, um, there are some spiritual cleansing type work, type processes that you can do. And the most powerful one that I ever learned is one when I was working with um, Carlos Castaneda a long time ago. And it's a, it's a practice called the recapitulation. And in the recapitulation, you do energetically pull back the strands that you've left out there holding your personal history in place so that you can have more emotional energy, more clean emotional energy. And so, yeah, when you do that, your dreams do change because your interpretation of the world changes. Mm. What about sleep? How could you, how do you optimize your sleep so that you're having great dreams? Oh, you have to ask somebody else that question. I've yeah. never had any trouble sleeping. Love that. Sleeping is a thing. You just <laughs> yes, go, go in great. and you're like, I'm ready to learn. I don't even think about it as a dreaming process. I just fall asleep and then I wake up <laughs> yeah. I wake up with the dream. You know, my husband gets so mad at me. It's like, I literally, within five minutes of putting my head on the pillow, am out and he's still chatting. You know? No. <laughs> so, we got, what are we going to do tomorrow? Sorry, honey. Have you ever dreamed for your husband? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I probably have, but I can't. Or like woken up and been like, honey, I got to tell you. I can't, I can't uh, think of an example <laughs> yeah. right now, but yeah. But just because you're so connected and you're l- literally and figuratively connected so right. close to each other. But right. that's interesting to think about like over time, mm-hmm. if you start kind of taking on there. What has surprised you most about this work that you've done for so long? I suppose the transformational nature of it. Mm. It is um, the person that you're looking at and listening to today has almost nothing in common with the person who got sick in 1986. Mm. I was very type A personality. I was in the industry. I was in, I was driving my red sub convertible. I was in the fast lane. I was, mm-hmm. you know, doing the thing. This process has has changed me into a person that has. I mean, my superficial nature doesn't exist so much anymore. Mm. You know, I'm just not very, I'm not as judgmental as I used to be. I'm not as Mm. opinionated as I used to be. I'm not as uh, fast on my feet as I used Mm -hmm. to be. Uh, And it's not just age. It's a complete transformation. And it's understanding the difference between 
change and transformation. I think that's one of the most important things uh, that I teach people when I work with them spiritually. You can change all of your external circumstances and still not have a profound inner transformation. It's the inner transformation mm. that, that actually changes the way you interpret the world. Last question for me. Um, is it Carl? Is, who's Jungian analysis? Or who, Carl Jung. Carl mm-hmm. Jung. And he did what kind of work again? Well, Carl Jung was, he was a student of Sigmund Freud. Yeah. And then they had kind of a split because Carl Jung saw so much of analysis as being about the collective unconscious. So he was really working with people in helping them understand their own uh, connection to culture, connection to mythology, connection to archetypal reality. And so he worked a lot with people through their dreams because he saw dreams as a um, a way that we access collective, I think he called it the collective unconscious. Did that answer your question? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'm surprised people aren't doing more research like on a, like you're doing it like in dream circles, but it it still, it's blowing my mind that 2001, that summer before 9-11, just kind of analyzing people's dreams, I guess it's a little invasion of privacy, but if they're willing to share, not that you're going to predict things that are happening, but there could be some signs, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you guys had a similar dream because you guys are very tapped in? You know, like the people in your dream circles are probably pretty advanced spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Bin Laden mentioned that oh, yeah. lots of people were telling him that they were having the same kind of dream. People I think. were telling him? Mm-hmm. That's why he was getting a little bit nervous before it happened because so many people, he thought there was a leak. You know, he thought somebody was was sharing the the plan. But I think that, yeah, as you tune in and as you get more spiritually uh, sophisticated, I suppose is the word, or mm-hmm. or uh, adept, you know, your dreams will speak to a deeper level. But I think that everybody has really important dreaming potential. Mm. It's just that it is not as important to some people as it is to others. It's not. It's it doesn't, a distraction to some people. Yeah, and it yeah. doesn't re- it because it takes time and focus and attention and. Mm. Like just researching on a more collective level because that was so spot on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it's hard to do. I think it's hard to get funded yeah. for that kind of research. because it, Yeah, it's too scientists. woo-woo. That's <laughs> the reason that I'm creating this international dream circle on, on my website. Did I talk about that? We got to talk about it. Okay. I am creating an international dream circle opportunity on the website so that you can come to this spot and you can share your dreams and you can listen to other people's dreams and you can comment on other people's dreams. Because I have so many, the book has been translated into so many different languages and I and know of dream circles all around the mm-hmm. world. I think, I think I have dream circles on every continent wow. that are working with this specific material. I want to hear what everybody's dreaming because every indigenous culture that I know of has a statement, something like, first you dream the dream and then comes the manifestation. Nothing happens that hasn't already been dreamed. Nothing happens that hasn't been pulled out of the realm of potential and possibility. You know, that great cosmic soup of Mm. possibility by a dreamer. So I want to hear what everybody's dreaming because we're dreaming a new world now. You know, it, it looks like chaos and it looks like deconstruction and it looks like we're in a big old mess, but it's also a time when we're dreaming the new dream. And I want to hear from around the world what it is, yeah. what, you know, what, what everyone is working together to create. Wow. So what is the website that people can... The name of that website is Turtle Dreamers. Mm -hmm. Turtle, like the animal, turtledreamers.com. Great. And how can people work with you? Do you do one-on-ones? I do. I do one-on-ones. I do. uh, We have the International Dream Circle. We have a free dream dream circle space there. 
Uh, so when you go to the website, uh, there's the, the second website is called theinvisiblegarment.com, which was mentioned earlier. There's a tab called Work with Connie, and there's all the different ways that you can work directly with me. There's, uh, I want to mention that if you want to buy a copy of the book, you can use the coupon code GAIA, G-A-I-A, and get a 20% discount because you listened to this podcast mm-hmm. and that makes you special. Yeah, you are perfect. <laughs> and then perfect. for, um, so I guess just as a last piece, so the a piece of advice that you would give to someone that's listening that is looking to further understand their dreams and then themselves would be to write them down. Mm-hmm. Like as an easiest first step, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. write them down in a notebook and kind of for as long as mm-hmm. needed and then keep tabs on it. Right. I do have one more uh, offering on uh, Turtle Dreamers, which is a lunar calendar in Dream Journal. Oh, it's an online one. lunar cool. calendar Dream Journal. So if you, it's a subscription. I don't think it's, I think it's like seven ninety five a month or something. It's mm-hmm. not very expensive, but you go there, and so there's your lunar calendar. It tells you where the moon was, mm. the, you know, that night, and then you, you know, click on the little turtle, and it takes you to your private page, and you can uh, post your dreams. And that way, after about a year or, you know, a few months or whatever, you can use the search engine and say, you know, show me all the power day dreams or show me all the dreams when the moon was oh. in Leo or something. And oh. that, that's a, a simpler way to help you learn how to track your dreaming. And when you start doing that, I mean, this is a weird thing to say, but I think it's true. When you start paying for a dream journal... <laughs> You do it. You remember your dreams. You know, it's like, I got to get my money's worth out of this thing. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and, true. Yeah. And you tend to do it. You tend to That's so cool. get up in the morning and do it. What a good resource. Wow. And so easy to do. So yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah. TurtleDreamers.com, right? And then TheInvisibleGarment.com, which we will talk about in part two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Connie Kaplan. And then the book is The Woman's Book of Dreams, Dreaming as a Spiritual Practice by mm. Connie Cockrell Kaplan. And then there's also a second book called Dreams Are Letters from the Soul. Oh, cool. Dreams Are Letters from the Soul is no longer in print, but you can sometimes find used copies of it on Amazon, but it's um, it's available as um, digital. Oh, that's great. And it's also available in audio, as is uh, The Women's Book of Dreams. Cool. Great. They're both available in audio and Is your voice digital. the audio? Yeah. <gasps> oh, that. Yes. And it's that thing where, you know, <laughs> You listen to your voice and you go, ew. Us every day of our lives. <laughs> I, after, I, after I recorded these books, I realized that apparently in Texas, the word O-W-N and O-N are the same. Own and own. Own and own. Yeah, own and own. Get your, when yeah, you get, get your own, own. you got to know your own patterns. <laughs> <laughs> own every planet. Right. Um, well, that's amazing. Love you, Texas. Yeah, this was great, Connie. Thank you. I think a lot of our listeners are trying to interpret and make sense of and also strengthen their spiritual practice. So this is just another piece in which to do so. so Thanks. Well, really... you know, when, when I've, I met with Erica, you mentioned her earlier, Erica is a friend of my son. And uh, when I met with her the first time, when he first met her, he, he texted me like right Aww. then and there and said, she's an angel. He got to meet this girl, Erica. And I thought, aren't you at her wedding? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is your girl. (laughs) Maybe this is a drunk text. But anyway. Like, is this for me? (laughs) He finally got us together. And um, one of the first things she said was, I think the Women's Book of Dreams is a manifesto for younger women. And I have to agree. I mean, all all of the women that I work with are, you know, my age. Mm -hmm. And we're all postmenopausal and and we're all, you know, working from a different place. But... I think if we had had this dream, this book when we were not yet 30, it would have changed. I'm sending this to those. my mom. Yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah. yeah. Great. Oh, thanks, Connie. You're the best. Thanks, guys, for listening. We appreciate you. Join the secret Facebook group so we can talk about our dreams. Mm-hmm. And thanks for subscribing, rating, and reviewing. We love you. And we will see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Connie. Connie. <laughs> Um, how cool was that? Yeah. So and cool. how crazy, like when she was sick and how she was like 
There's always that purpose a to reason something for that, everything. that literally stops your life in its tracks. Mm-hmm. But how cool that like, one, her and her husband like kind of went through it mm-hmm. together. I feel like disease can really, or disease or cancer mm-hmm. or sickness can possibly like break apart, mm-hmm. you know, a relationship yeah, and it almost made it stronger. Um, yeah, that was really cool. So join the secret Facebook group and let's talk about our dreams. Yes. Let's start our own little turtle dreamers circle. <laughs> uh, Connie's almost website. Almost 30 dreamers. Yeah, let's call it so almost cute. 30 dreamers. Uh, <laughs> Connie's website is turtledreamers.com and her name is C-O-N-N-I-E. K-A-P-L-A-N. Yeah, she's such a sweetheart. Um, okay, guys. So we're gonna we're on tour. We are on tour. And uh, if you haven't bought your tickets yet for a city near you, do so by going to almost30podcast.com slash tour. We are headed to San Francisco this weekend, mm-hmm. uh, which is really exciting. Tomorrow, actually. Oh, yeah. When this episode comes out. And then we, after that, in July, we're headed to Boston, New York. New York is almost sold out. Mm-hmm. So we're doing another event. Yeah. So that's going to, yeah, that's going to open up. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, Boston's going to be amazing. We have Austin and Dallas um, and we're just so pumped to add. We mm-hmm. have Seattle as well. Yeah. Um, Seattle, LA. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle is August 11th. Mm-hmm. And then LA is July 25th with Kelly Levesque and Charity Lighten of Silverfern brand. And then, um, oh, to the Dallas one, we added Susie Batiste of mm-hmm. Poopery the best. So she's the CEO of Poopery. She's rad. And so that's going to be awesome in Dallas. So if you're in Dallas, please come to that and invite your friends. Okay, guys. We love you. We love you. We love you. I love you. We'll see you next week. Bye.